0: I'm recording so whatever you're saying now it goes on the air. Incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna get them in trouble <laughs> You heard it first from faculty. So I'm thrilled to have Ian Kusan join me here on Studio 29 This is the traveling podcast on the road. Without further ado, Ian Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what you do.
1: Sure thing. Well, firstly, thanks for having me Absolutely. Um, this is a lot of fun. I my name is Ian Kusan. Yeah, I, I come from a small community uh, in Ontario and lived there all of my life this was this was a, a little community called Panitanguishin oh. and Midland and La Fontaine. There are these three little towns that that sit together and the funny thing is that i I discovered opera in this small place um, and discovered a real love for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. listening to CDs from the library yeah but not a lot of people in my my hometown are are opera fans and a lot of people didn't understand the love of, of this that I had as a young person um, so I come from there and I, I currently live in Oakville, Ontario with my wife and four kids. Mm-hmm and four uh, kids four kids that's amazing it it is amazing and it's a lot of things (laughs) totally totally yeah and Aiden was here last week she was yeah yeah, she joined us for a week here and and it was it was great to have um work time but also play time in the mountains you know it's mm -hmm. the most
0: beautiful place here it's it's quite incredible is this your first time at Banff is this your first Banff faculty or even visit for that matter I've been here uh, three three times, this is the
1: third time, oh, okay. and um, the last two times were shorter and they were also in colder seasons, so yeah.
0: experiencing the slightly warmer weather, <laughs>
1: enjoying it.
0: <laughs> it's for been sure. pretty, pretty reliable so far, we haven't had crazy storms yet, even though it's in the mountains and I was yeah. expecting a lot more of that, but yeah. And what's really cool is that uh, for those listening at home, I'm also doing videography for the five scenes that are here. And I have the pleasure of also doing videography featuring your compositions, which is just fantastic. And so Phantasma was one of the pieces that we're doing right now with videography with Amanda Testini directing it. And you recently had this debut, of course, at the COC too, which was fantastic from what I saw. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's great to get to revisit a project that, happened actually quite recently the mm-hmm. world premiere was was only uh three or four months ago and um then to have different singers sing it and really to see it conceived mm-hmm. in a different way in a way for film yeah um it's been it's been a, a real journey to get to yeah live it live it again in a new skin and in a new light well
0: it looks really good i mean i i have you know first row access to the footage and i have to be biased but it's it's pretty good <laughs> well thank you i mean it, it's and
1: really cool to see like you said Amanda Testini the director what mm-hmm. she's brought to it and then the filmic sensibility that you have brought to it and mm-hmm. um, just conceiving of opera with these controlled shots you know directing the audience's eye into this this rectangle of sorts yeah um, it's very different than working in a theater where you your your view is, is, is much wider and it's less less of a visual medium
0: yeah have you had a chance to do any of your works in the past in film or in, in video like this
1: some have been captured, but not in this way. Not oh. nothing that was meant for the stage um with, you know, costume and set design and movement and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um so it is a real a real treat. And again, like you said, the fact that the world premiere happened just a few months ago to follow it up and um and to see it in this different light is, has been has been a real pleasure. That's
0: wild. And it's so cool having a composer on the podcast because we've had like directors, we've had dancers, we've had know artistic directors we've had photographers videographers and, and stage directors and the list goes on but we haven't had a composer and a librettist in house so I'm, I'm really thrilled to, to talk a little about and dive into your creative process so but like what is an inspiration for you when it comes to creating something that's in this case phantasma is so unique because it it almost views like a film but it sings like an opera and they're so and they both hold their own so yeah for me, it's it it
1: comes from story first, mm-hmm. and by extension, from the text first. So it's interesting that you're going to talk with Royce a little later. Yeah. Um, for me, I I I'm completely informed. Every every decision I make musically uh-huh. is really about what exists on the page, and so yeah, I think of that in two ways at least. Um, story is. You know, gives the structure, gives the world, gives the the feel, and that informs you know a sound world that that the the work will live in, mm-hmm. and then and then the actual words on the page are really really important for me. Um, even the way that a librettist will lay out the text, if it looks like a poem with short lines, um, or if there's extended text that looks more like dialogue or like a, a theatrical script, it'll it'll change the way i conceive of, of of writing the music amazing and pauses and breaks and changes are all um influenced by by the text the text so yeah t- i'm a huge you know text first and <laughs> some people say oh is is the text in in opera more important than the music or is the music more important than a lot of people have different differing views for me i believe it's it's certainly the text um, that, that is primary, mm-hmm. and, um, and sadly, uh, librettists don't get enough credit for <laughs> the incredible work they do, and what, the foundation that they actually provide to composers.
0: Yeah, and many composers have, like, a librettist that they work with. Do you have a librettist that you work with? I mean, do, does Royce, um, I guess, Become your partner in any of these projects, or do you have somebody you work with back in Toronto as a as a regular librettist?
1: I've had the great pleasure of being able to work with a number of librettists, which is which is wonderful because I mean they bring such different ideas to to projects, Mm -hmm. Um, and of course I've had uh, one amazing opportunity to work with Royce, and you know it was funny I was telling him the other day, you know a composer knows or at least I know when a libretto is good Mm -hmm. when it feels almost like i'm cheating as i write the music it's like (laughs) the music itself writes writes itself totally yeah um, and it comes right from right from the the text and so when when the music comes easily it's usually i feel like okay i've got some i've got some good words here (laughs) but again i've worked with um a whole range of of librettists and and colleen murphy was the the librettist for phantasma yeah and her sensibilities are so interesting because she's, she sees herself as a, a sort of a formalist and um, structure is critical. So dramatic structure is really, really important for her. And, you know, there's a, there's no fat on the bones in terms of what she <laughs> provides. And everything leads to the next thing and to the next thing. And so what a, mm-hmm. a joy to get to work with a, a great dramatist. Um, I've worked with Kanika Ambrose, who's mm-hmm. um, writing an opera. We're writing an opera together for for next season. And um, again, there's a lyricism to her writing and a a beauty
0: that brings out different qualities in me as a composer. That's fantastic. And we we had the pleasure of hearing Christine sing some of your work yesterday in recitals. So... Uh, talk a little bit about the idea of opera as opposed to, I guess, art song. Like, what, what do you find you're drawn to when it comes to composition? Do you have one or the other? Or do you have a specified, like, I guess, favorite
1: over yeah. one of other? I think they're both such great forms. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been asked before if I approach the composition differently. Yeah. I, I really I don't so much. Um, Poems are, can be interesting beasts to set to music because they're, you know, they're not created for the purpose of setting to music, uh, whereas a libretto is intended for that purpose. And so um, that can, that can prove difficult. Um, the, the songs that we, we played yesterday that Christine Lee Which sang. Which were beautiful, by the way. Oh, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The, 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 the poet is Marilyn Dumont, who's an incredible writer and thinker, but often her, her poems Feel more narrative, so mm-hmm. um, so then it becomes my job to figure out where the places rest and breathe, and where where an idea will land musically. Yeah, which is a great challenge to to um, sharpen sort of music and text setting skills. But um, but but in terms of uh, of songs, I try to think of song as as opera. So I look mm-hmm. for a narrative or a thread or something that really carries and gives the singer a journey to take through. Through four or five or seven songs that are in a cycle, and um, and and then with opera, it's it's very similar. So, what are the characters' journeys? What are the internal tensions? What are their desires? How do those conflict with others? And then how is that just elevated and expressed through the music? Yeah. One thing I'd say I'm I'm attracted to in terms of stories or uh, libretti or uh, poems that I'm going to set is something that that feels. A little off or a little edgy i think that that so there's something really appealing about um, i i sensed that a bit (laughs) yesterday when christine was singing in certain sections yeah yeah for sure and 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 sometimes it can be quite political sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little on the nose Mm -hmm. sometimes it's more hidden and but something that feels like i can bite my teeth into and absolutely where i hope an audience or listeners will be able to really
0: engage deeply hmm. Do you have a I guess some composers have an inspiration or like a certain compositional style that they like? Is there something that you are drawn to in your medium of composition that you get inspiration from? There's so many incredible composers and I feel
1: every score I read I discover something new and find a new place of inspiration so I you know have some of my favorites and and I feel like it's a I spend a lot of time just reading through large volumes of composers work yeah um, and a range of composers just to sort of see how they evolve and grow and what they do with things how they voice a chord in an orchestra or something like that I mean I I guess the thing that I would hope unifies my work is a real elevation of the voice that's really mm-hmm. you know i want to make music that singers want to sing and people want to listen to yeah so and then the voice of course is then representing and presenting the text so it always for me it always comes back to text and yes yeah. it's about you know creating the beautiful meld of words and story and meaning and um emotion and mm-hmm. human experience and the incredible instruments that we get to work with on a daily basis, like the, the, the participants in this program, as you've heard, are just exceptional and bring such diversity of sound
0: and approach and worldview and all of those great things. And, and learning it so quickly. Oh I mean, didn't God. she pick it up like a couple of days before the recital and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That works. It's
1: really cool to see. Uh, and and I, th- I see this a lot in young artists, especially mm-hmm. this eagerness, this willingness to jump, you know fully into a project and and in christine's case she learned these songs you know in in a couple of days and then sang them for her peers and you know had had these songs recorded so it's um that's a lot of pressure and especially yeah. to have the composer in the room and she met the librettist or the, yeah that's right the poet, yeah the, the few, a few <laughs> days earlier it's a totally, lot yeah. but it it's it's quite admirable and there's something there's a there's a great energy about that conviction that mm-hmm. I see a lot in in this younger generation of artists.
0: Yeah, it's exciting oh. to see that they take an inspire like Jacqueline, for example, with with her song cycle set too, to really be inspired to work your craft towards that. Almost like it, it's a niche unto that composer. Yes, indeed, yeah. Indeed. yeah. And so I guess um, in terms of, of future composition, because obviously things are always evolving. One question I had, too, is, like, where do you think composition is going to head mm. as we are now, you know, in the 21st century of style of music? Where do you see opera and art song going? I, I, I
1: think a lot about this, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think we have moved through so very much. Yeah, And I, I've thought about what do we call this time in, in composition? I think there's the one of the words that comes back a lot is um, this globalization, right? Mm. There is... I feel like so many things have been done and said and instead of, you know, us falling into particular schools as we saw, you know, a classical sound or an early classical sound or a late Baroque sound or a romantic sound, there's a sort of, um, there's a feast that is laid out on the table for creators to sort of pull and grab from. Nicely put, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and what I find quite interesting um, is that we still talk about, you know, the avant-garde, what What is the what is the future and forward thing, but, when I hear a lot of avant-garde work, I hear actually things that are just things that have been recycled and done already. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an exciting time. It can feel a little daunting, and it can be hard to classify the sound worlds that we live in this day, because we hear, you'll have very, very lyrical com- compositions. For example, we had Cecilia Livingston here last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. Um, a fabulous composer, and it, there's a deep lyricism and almost a kind of Uh, meditative quality to some of her work and then you get really edgy and um, experimental things by other composers and you know lyricism meeting crunchiness probably would be a description of my own work Um, (laughs) and and plus 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 you know and so we're living in a really really exciting time for composition because you know anything is possible and and it's, it, it's wonderful to, I love going out to the theater or going to the concert hall and hearing new works because you mm-hmm. do not know what to expect really.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any ideas for possibly for people who don't have, have familiarity with opera? Would you ever see yourself composing in, in the vein of either uh, pop or hip hop, rock, uh, rap, any of the kind of thing in the future too, to cross the ideas together? I would love to
1: see more and more of this and, and certainly there are projects that exist already mm-hmm. or have been that play between, you know, um there's a work of of Royce's and Du Yun's called Angel's Bone, which you know, includes a singer who's got this like almost metal sound and sings wow. right into a microphone with opera singers beside them and, you know, a whole, you know, old, old um, polyphonic, you know, sounds of the Renaissance. and Wow, okay. Everything cool. is just kind of brought together in this beautiful melange. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I would hope that, you know, I, I'd love, I've been pushing with uh, a work that I'm writing right now, which is not an opera, but a vocal work, um, really pushing to the kind of, edges of pop, um, of cabaret and, oh, nice. and, and I mean, I guess you could use the word access or accessibility mm-hmm. and that's often the frowned upon word, but there's something beautiful about getting to do that. And and that's very much in, in my case, a response to the singers that I'll be working with who are so incredible in those forms. And so yeah. just finding what people do really, really well and flexing and bending one style to, to make, you know give the material that is yes. exceptional that they can really do something special with
0: and at any level so you know professionals and also up-and-coming professionals can take that music and present it in their own way for sure absolutely and so i guess what what's next around the corner for you after Banff is done we we come to an end on saturday which is hard to believe the program is coming to an end but what happens next for for ian this summertime and into the fall a lot of a lot of music writing. Um, working on a, a piece for
1: uh, Tapestry Opera and Obsidian Theatre uh, for next season called Of the Sea, which is an incredible... It's going to be an, really... It's a beautiful story that Kanika Ambrose has conceived of, the librettist, mm-hmm. um, and beautiful words. And I think it's going to be a very, very special piece. Fantastic. And, and many projects after <laughs> that. Um, I feel in some ways that I look at a calendar sort of with a five-year... You know, five years planned yeah, out. I, I, yeah, for sure. Which can be quite intimidating because you mm-hmm. think I'm going to be writing a I'm I'm agreeing to write a piece five years from now that you know will yeah. I be interested in writing? It's that piece? like
0: film is the same kind of idea. Yeah, exactly. you back down the road all the time.
1: But it but it's also great because then you just take it one day at a time, and I realize you know I only have the same number of hours that you have and that <laughs> anybody has, and we just we we do what we can do in that time and it's one one foot in front of the other one note in front of the next one note in front of the next absolutely
0: <laughs> well that's that's wild i mean i'm so i'm so thrilled to hear your music obviously at the coc that we had it recently and now we have it here and uh, working with michael obviously coming up at uh, tapestry will be yes. will be fantastic he just finished off the uh, the rur uh, but uh, there's there's so much fantastic music that's taking place right now and it's inspiring having a chance to to see it at different levels both on the stage and also in workshops so yeah
1: i agree and i just I just want to hear more and I'm I'm really excited about organizations programming more new music and really just Mm -hmm. reaching their their fingers into deeper audience pools and you if you think about how many people get to come to the opera or actually just think of it as a something to do um it's such a small percentage of of our population and so many more people could experience this art form absolutely Um, and i think we just need
0: more and more voices more people making awesome work i was talking to joel about this idea too that every company should be adapting their season to include one digital media idea of their seasoned offering. And that the same can be said for for new music and new composition, because obviously there are the traditional standards of the Toscas and the magic flutes, but it is vitally important to give access to people to understand that the new media music has to take take shape. And people have to be, I think, not, not only exposed to it, but appreciate it because once you see it and once you have a chance to listen to it, you're like, wow, why is this not done more often? Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, I think there, I really do feel for organizations, especially the larger ones that are less mm-hmm. lithe or flexible. And we, we, one image we were talking about this uh, past week was the idea of turning a cruise ship, right? Versus yes. turning a small speedboat. Um, <laughs> one can turn very, very quickly, theoretically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the larger organizations have a lot of pressure, especially after a pandemic, to think about, you know, economic feasibility and all of those things. But I think there there is fear to program new work and commission new work, but I think it really is the only way forward. You know, we think of this art form as being 400 years old, but the art form, what is the life of the art form in the next 400 years? Mm -hmm. And certainly it will include the wonderful canon that we've inherited but if it only includes that canon then the art form will die yeah um so how are we telling new stories bringing in new voices and new sound worlds and new stories and new ways of telling new places to tell stories yeah this is how we we have a life of you know four hundred more years hopefully of uh, of opera making.
0: Well, the future compositions in good hands with your work. So yeah, it's fantastic. Keep keep creating amazing works, Ian. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely.